Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Be Her Village podcast. My name is Caitlin Legreas, and I'm the founder of Be Her Village. Be Her Village is an online gift registry for what moms really need, support, not stuff. We're talking to providers and people who care for moms in their pregnancy, their birth, their postpartum. We're talking to real moms and hearing their stories and really just getting into all the good stuff that comes along with new parenthood. So check us out, tune in, and let us know what you think. Hey there, I'm Janelle, and we are Be Her Village, a gift registry for parents to register for the funds they need to pay for the support services they deserve. So just like you'd ask your grandma or your mother-in-law to contribute to your crib, car seat, or a bouncing and rocking bassinet, you can now register for doulas, lactation consultants, or pelvic floor help. You can create your registry for free at BeHerVillage.com. Over $31,000 have come through the Be Her Village registries and into the pockets of new parents, which means more parents are getting to choose what kind of support and care they're getting in pregnancy and postpartum. And we'd like to thank all of you who share our Instagram posts, our blog posts, and podcast episodes. It makes a huge difference. In this episode, Caitlin McGreas, founder of Be Her Village, talks with Dr. Nancy Boyd, sports medicine and pelvic health physical therapist and owner of Anchor Wellness Ann Arbor in Ann Arbor, Michigan. They talk about some of the stigmas in our society, from moms bouncing back to their old bodies after birth to periods and the discrepancies in some postpartum care. In both Nancy's and Caitlin's experiences, care is just better when there's a village involved. So if you'd like to register for your village as you're planning for baby, head to BeHerVillage.com to create your registry for free. I'll link all of Nancy's info in our show notes, so if you're in the Ann Arbor area, you can put Nancy's services right onto your registry. And as always, thank you for your continued support. Enjoy the episode. I'm Dr. Nancy Boyd. I am a sports medicine and pelvic health physical therapist. I own Anchor Wellness Ann Arbor in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, and I work uh, with all bodies, all genders, but specifically focus a lot of my um, energy on supporting people in the perinatal, the postpartum space, even preconception to postpartum, and helping people kind of honor their bodies in the stage that they're at and get back to all the things that they love postpartum. Um, so tell me a little bit about your background. What led you into this field of PT and then kind of this beautiful intersection of sports medicine and pelvic floor PT? Where, What were your life experiences that led you down this path? Yeah, um, I started out thinking that I wanted to be a sports med PT, which is kind of where I started my career path. Um, I was really active growing up, runner, gymnast, um, ran in college. I had a lot of um, disordered eating at that time and spent more time on Michigan State's cross-country team injured than healthy mm-hmm. with a series of um, stress fractures that basically alternated from the right leg to the left leg over a period of about two or three years and um, ended up finishing up my time on the cross-country team with an avulsion fracture in my left tibial tubercle. So I had to have a surgery where I had a couple screws put in my um, left tibia. Oh my I was God. still um, kind of with that pattern of disordered eating. I still had open growth plates at the age of, you know, 2021. 20, I hadn't started a period. We can kind of get into some period health stuff at some point if we want to chat about that. Um, and I spent 15 minutes with my surgeon and they told me that I wasn't going to be running for several months after. And I thought it was like a six to eight week thing. And then I spent uh, several months with my physical therapist and I just loved that 
um, time and personal connection and really um, how my physical therapist helped me get back to all the things that I wanted to do. And there was a lot of healing that happened in that time and space. And so um, that's kind of what led me down the road to uh, becoming a physical therapist. Yeah. That's so beautiful. You know, I feel like it's something that comes up again and again, but somehow in your story, it just kind of jumped out at me. This this like pedestal that doctors get put on, which they work really hard. They go to years of schooling. They're incredible in their own right. But there's this like, I don't know, this cultural idea of like doctors know everything and are the end all be all. And then like listening to your experience, there's actually, yes, your doctor diagnosed you, maybe did the surgery, did, you know, the the really high level medicine that you needed. But then there's this entire world of intermediate support staff, right? That is like our health workers, but are doing that day in and day out connection and unraveling and rebuilding and restoring. And that is so powerful, right? Like a 15 minute visit with a doctor. I have had, I have had those 15 minute visits with doctors that leave you often with more questions than you walked in the door with. And it's like, oh, oh, okay. So now I'm completely on my own and lost and don't really know what I'm doing. And, and seeking out that support. I'm so happy that you were able to connect with the PT to walk you through that recovery and that, that rebuilding of your body and finding a new way forward. Absolutely. And I think, um, I think when I was running, I was constantly wanting to be my best and in the pursuit of being my very best, um, ended up injured and on the sidelines a lot. And I think I see that a lot in the perinatal and postpartum space of maybe not so much this performance piece of being the very best, but this wanting to get their body back or their body a certain way. And this message that at um, this mainstream message that at six weeks postpartum, um, they should be there. They're broken in some way. And um, I think one of the things that I'm most passionate about in this postpartum and perinatal space is that um, we can really honor our bodies and be proud of all our bodies can do at all these stages. Like our bodies are growing freaking humans and um, celebrating that. And also just allowing people to understand that how you're feeling at six weeks partum is not how you're going to be feeling at six months or six years. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can redefine the expectations in that space, there's so much hope and healing that can happen. Absolutely. I think there's also, um, like you're describing yourself as this lifelong athlete. I think there are so many people and I want to get into, you know, the disorder of eating and the periods. I'm, I have so many questions. That's not really what we're here to talk about, but I, I'm just so curious and it, you seem willing to share and be vulnerable. So I would love to dive into that. But part of it is like, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking there are, for my experience too, becoming a mother, it was really hard to have to slow down. It was really hard to even being pregnant, even being told like not to lift things, not by like doctors, but just by people. Everyone wants to do everything for you. And you know, you're scared to exercise. You don't want to hurt the baby. And then afterwards, after I had a C-section, but even after my vaginal births, just this forced slowdown and this, this huge event happening that's so disruptive. And for many of us who go, 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 who push, 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 you know, who are constantly moving. And for many of us are moving for our mental health, right? Because this is how we process anxiety and this is how we move through our lives, whether, whether that's the right way or the wrong way, it's what a lot of us are doing. 
And I think motherhood can be this like, whoa, what just happened to my body? And how do I live this new life? And like at a time of peak stress, where we are trying to learn and transition and care for a baby, we also have our tools stripped from us. We have our exercise and our bodies that we have always thought of ourselves as strong and capable and powerful suddenly aren't what we maybe are used to anymore. That feels extremely disruptive for many, many people. Is that what you experienced for yourself? Um, in Back when I was running cross country or in my birth myself. When you were given birth and your transition into motherhood. Yeah, I think um, I think there's so much time and energy put into like perinatal checkups and support to make sure that the baby's okay. Um, but a lot of misconceptions and myths around how to like best care for our bodies in pregnancy to prepare for both delivery and postpartum. And so I think, um, I mean, being pregnant for me and giving birth for me was kind of this full circle experience and really appreciating my body and helped add like a whole nother layer to recovery, I think in my own personal story. And so I spent those first weeks, obviously with the privilege of having a lot of information as a public floor therapist and someone who has been um, in that space for a long time prior to giving birth myself. Um, so I was able to spend that time, that forced slowdown and really, um, appreciate and revel in a really powerful um, birth experience, which I think is unfortunately not the story for so many people. And I think getting more positive birth stories out there is so, so hugely important. And I think those positive birth stories can come in any form and they can include things that were unexpected. My birth story itself was not what I expected. It was like a 75 hour labor, which I don't think I would have like classified that and like check the box for something that's empowering. If I was thinking about someone had told me that before I gave birth. Um, But yeah, I just think that um, birthing can be a beautiful and empowering experience, especially when people are given the education, the tools beforehand. And if we can start breaking down some of those myths and misconceptions, even in the um, pregnant space regarding like what is okay for us to do with our bodies. I mean, there's a ton of research that supports being able to continue a lot of the activities that you did prior to conceiving, just with obviously education and modifications along the way. But I think sometimes we strip too many things away from pregnant people in terms of what they can and can't do when really with a few modifications, we could really allow people to continue to do some of the things that really make them feel like themselves. Absolutely. I love that. Um, So can we dive in a little bit to what that cross country experience and the disordered eating and the, the delayed period are, are all of those dots kind of connected or are those just sort of things that were happening at the same time in your life? Um, I would definitely say they're connected. So um, abnormal or atypical to my story, I did not start my period until I was 21. um, And it was medically induced by starting birth control. So even at age 21, um, I mean, I think we know a lot more now. So giving credit to my providers that they were doing all they could during that time and space. Um, But when I hadn't had my period yet at age 21, I was put on birth control, which as we know now, that doesn't really necessarily diagnose or solve kind of the underlying issues. Mm -hmm. And behind all that, there was a layer of like underfueling for all the activities that I was doing. So um, I was running, when I was running cross country in college, I was running 70 plus mile weeks um, and supporting that with like very little fueling while I was also um, pretty rigorously pursuing like 
excelling in my academics as well. And so that was limited sleep, all the things that we know are really huge pillars of health. Um, so in, you know, trying to be my very best, I was losing sight of, you know, some of the things that really just help us feel a little bit more human, like getting a restorative night's sleep and fueling our body after a really hard workout. And so with that, um, of course, my body started to break down. So I had a series of stress fractures going from um, and then some going, turning into full fractures with a navicular fracture in my left foot, um, the avulsion fracture that obviously requir- required surgery. So it was kind of this like continuing to fall down and get back up again, but not really having the team and guidance and support that um, I needed. And so part of my work with Anchor Wellness now is really trying to make sure that people have that team and that support and are being guided to those tools that they need to feel like themselves and get back to the things that they want to do, whatever that may be. For some people, it's exactly what they were doing prior to having kids. And for some people, motherhood is kind of this redefining of, you know, what do, what do I want my life to look like? And what are the pieces of me that I want to keep as I'm also taking on this role of being a mother? Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. So it sounds like, I'm just going to paint it, like explain like I'm five sort of a thing. It sounds like cross country, disordered eating, not eating enough, not refueling, really beating your body up led to a lack of menses. And then the doctors were like, let's just give you some birth control. That'll bring it on. Instead of being like, Hey, 19 year old or 21 year old, you are totally not nourishing, totally not resting, not caring for yourself. And when I hear that, first of all, I ache for the 21 year old and you know, that was going through that. I just, my heart aches for that. But I also kind of hear that as the underlying force behind your care now, right? Is like, it's not about Kegels. It's not about getting back to sports and being the person we were before. It's about like, hey, let's just, how are you? Are you resting? Like, are you sleeping? Forget running. Are you sleeping? Are you caring for yourself? Like, looking at this person as a holistic viewpoint and trying to make sure that all the pieces are in place and they have a really solid foundation before we get back to exercise, which like if we were to imagine a pyramid, exercise is like at that peak, but you need to have sleep and rest and care and love and all these things to build up to that point. Absolutely. And then and finding ways to get sneaky with that, you know, how can we fill that void of this exercise piece while a pelvic floor is still healing and while an abdominal wall is still healing while the body's, you know, resetting from having, you know, organs pushed up all the way up into their rib cage and smashed behind as baby was growing, you know, what ways can we get someone moving um, in a really like empowered and educated space where we're still keeping their long term goals in mind, but finding ways to get creative and allowing them to get back to these things. And then, yeah, the aspect of our business, as I mentioned before, we work kind of all the way from preconception to postpartum. And by preconception, I certainly mean some care in regards to fertility. But even going back to that, like high school, college athlete, we do um, finesse period health workshops where we just educate people on how, you know, periods are a sign that your body is thriving. And we want to use that as a sign to help you like power your performance and your long-term athletic goals, because that's how you're going to be successful and moving forward. And so just kind of really reframing that mindset of like, ooh, periods, these taboo things that we don't want to talk about. And, you know, how can this be a tool for you understanding your body and kind of getting early indicators if something is off? I just love that. I love it so much. I can't even begin to tell you. I, I'm like the mom that I, I, 
I'm going to have like a red cake and a red dress and like a whole, we're going to have a fire and like, we're going to celebrate my daughter's first period. I'm so excited for her to have a period and to like teach her about her body and make it this really positive thing. But part of my excitement for that is because it's such like, it's still a taboo thing. And like, I'm in the birth world. I'm in, like, we talk about vulvas and cervixes and, and mucus plugs. Like it's just totally known. And still periods are kind of like gross periods and like this really annoying thing. And they're kind of mysterious and not talked about. And I love that you're talking about it as this sign of overall health, right? Because if, if anything else, it's like, it's, our best indicator of like, can our body sustain life? Right. And this is because if you're not having a period, I would imagine I'm kind of going out on a limb here, just extrapolating from this conversation. But if you're not having a period, something is up, right. Whether it's hormonal or nutritional or over-exercising or something else, but like it is maybe the first question every healthcare provider should be asking women, right. Or females or people with uteruses is like, are you, having a regular period. Which exactly. do you think that we need more um, recognition of that as part of overall health? I absolutely I think so. Um, I think it's getting a little bit better. I mean, if we look back 10, 15 years ago, barely anyone was asking about this or it was just like, okay, like your periods are heavy, you're not having periods, like let's give you some birth control. Unfortunately that's still happening a lot, but we do have people asking questions and saying, you know, let's dig a little bit deeper into that. Like, what are you doing after your workouts? Are you getting for female athletes? Like we've got this 30 minute window that is like really important for fueling and getting some protein in that then opens up this, uh, this two hour recovery window and sends a message to your body that, Hey, like you just did some hard work and I'm going to take care of you and can be really helpful in kind of continuing to fuel and help with periods. Um, but beyond, um, fueling, there's so many other aspects. So there's something called relative energy deficiency in sport, Red S. And we have a lot of younger, not just female athletes, but all genders who are, you know, under fueling or under recovering and it is systemic. So um, for people with uteruses, a period can be a really good sign that everything's working. But when we look at Red S, it's kind of more broadly defining that there can be cardiac symptoms, respiratory symptoms, bone health symptoms. And so it's just um, a really a really nice tool. Periods can be a really nice tool for better understanding and kind of getting this early indicator of like, hey, you know what, something's up and I'm going to, you know, step step back for a second and take a look at what might be going on. It's like the canary in the coal mine. Like if you're not getting your periods, some some systems are not working and before exactly. they all shut down or you have major issues that I would imagine the diagnostics for like cardiac and other organs and other systems are so much more invasive than just being like, hey, do you get your period? It's pretty Exactly. Pretty exactly. Um, I'm so curious about about how the medicine is developing only I'm as I'm listening to you talk I'm like having this flashback to this really strange only one time gynecology visit I had it was like one of my not first but it was like one of my first as an adult between you know like being a kid going with my mom and then like going because I was pregnant so I went to this um gynecology group and they did uh, a transvaginal ultrasound, which I have so many issues with, just because they had the machine. It was really not called for. I didn't know back then. Yeah. And they told me I had fibrous ovaries and might have PCOS, which I don't and got pregnant immediately and never had any more symptoms. So I don't know what they saw, but it was a very strange visit. So they said, well, you have very fibrous ovaries and you might ha- um, have PCOS. We'll just find out when you 
go to get pregnant or something. I was like, oh, okay. And thanks. I don't know. Like what? You know, it was like such a strange bomb to drop. Oh my gosh. Right. No, it's no problem. And they said, if you have problems getting pregnant, we'll just put you on birth control to regulate your period. And that that was like the sentence they said to me. And my brain still like 20 years later is like, I don't understand Sure, like it's a symptom thing. So if my periods weren't regular, which they were, I don't know what they were talking about, but if your my periods weren't regular, they would put me on the birth control, which is what happened to you. But if I was trying to get pregnant, having like, regular, how does that even make sense? Having regular periods isn't the goal. Like ovulating would be the goal, but it just none of it made sense. And I just kind of left it at that, never went back, had kids no problem, and never had any other issues. It was one of the strangest appointments. But it, it kind of like mirrors your experience which was okay if you need a period we will manufacture one in this way exactly let's just slap that pill on there yeah let's just extrapolate the period every four weeks it's nuts and like a period on a pill is not really a period because you're not actually ovulating it's just releasing the pill for a few days a week to mimic a period yeah, thus I'm really confused with the recommendation that you're going to be like put on the pill to try to conceive because it's like mm, something's not lining up there. So strange. I think the thought was probably like, we'll get your period regular through the pill, which will then somehow, but not just none of it makes sense. But I think yeah. oftentimes that's actually what happens. Like my experience as a doula is people coming to me and saying like, well, my doctor said this. Why did they say that? And I'm always like, I can't actually tell you that, but also you should be asking the next question. You know, this, this would be my question about that. And this would be my question about that. And, and here's how we start developing this advocacy tool and muscle, right. Is like practicing right. in these office visits. If things aren't making really clear sense, then you, you ask for explanations. Um, right. So what does it look like for you having this, PT background slash like expertise specialty, not so much a background, but your specialty being PT, how does the period health and education fit in with that? You said you do these workshops. What do those look like? So we do workshops. Um, we kind of have different age brackets and customization for those workshops. So we have like a high school athlete version. We have a collegiate athlete version. We have all of ours are kind of tailored to the more active population. It's just we're seeing this disparity and kind of um, not fully recovering or underfueling and kind of trying to educate a little bit more on that. And then we have one in more of this preconception, like getting ready to try, con- try to conceive space because there's so many misconceptions on, you know, the days that you might actually be fertile. Are you ovulating? Are you not ovulating? and kind of creating some education on that and how um, can you know that the level of exercise that you're doing is appropriate for you and your body in this phase and with the goals that you have in mind. And so we have the workshop set up where they're in some sort of private space. Sometimes we've even done like um, having a team do like a wine night or something like that so that it can be really comfortable and people can feel like they're in a safe space where they can ask the questions that they want to ask. Like there's no question that's... um, not worthy of being asked or any misconception that needs to be left under the table. So that's where it falls in more of that like public education space, but then kind of coming back into where it falls in like an individual one-on-one session. Sometimes it's just asking, you know, like, are you having regular periods? Um, Are they, what do they look like? How often are they happening? Kind of getting a sign, like, are you tracking these? Do you have any awareness of when you're ovulating? Do you have really heavy periods? Because while an absence of periods is an indicator that something's going on so is a really heavy uncomfortable period when we think of 
periods in their like most optimized space and that everything's kind of working as it should. It should be like one to two days of this like really light cramping, but otherwise it should be something that kind of comes and passes and um, doesn't really affect our lives. So um, just kind of checking in on that. But then here we're talking a lot about this perinatal to postpartum space and postpartum. It's very common and normal and totally healthy to not have a period for a period of time, especially if someone is like lactating. Um, so you have the like lactation induced amenorrhea. And I think with that, then we can kind of look at these other pillars of health, you know, how are you sleeping? Yes, I understand you have an infant and that sleep may not be connected, but then when you lay down to go to sleep and are able to sleep, is that sleep restorative? You know, are you able to fall into a deep sleep? Are you up awake worrying about other things or not able to fall asleep? Like that could be a sign, you know, um, are you able to get food? Like, do you have a plan in place for when you're running around the house like a crazy person with, you know, a boob whipped out and a laundry and, you know, whatever else crazy is going on in this, like, you know, early postpartum phase where there are a lot of pulls on your time and energy. Um, you know, what does your energy feel like? What is your mood like? And checking in on those things, we're really looking at all the aspects of someone, you know, feeling like themselves again, and also these aspects that are going to set them up for a regular period coming back when the time is right. Wow, that's amazing. And how, when somebody is not having the ideal period, does that stay within your practice? Are you referring out? Is it something you're, you know, doing kind of co-managed care with a midwife or an OB or somebody else? What does that look like within your own practice? It's definitely co-managed care. Um, sometimes with the midwife OB, just reaching out, um, often getting a nutritionist, like a registered dietitian on board to just take a look at like, you know, how are you feeling your body? Where can we pop in? Like, are you getting the healthy fats, proteins, fruits, veggies, just like breaking it down to the basics. Like how can we simplify this for you in this crazy busy phase? If that's something that they're interested in. The other really interesting part with periods is um, a follicle that's going to become the egg starts developing a hundred days before you actually ovulate. So when we're looking back at, you know, our cycles getting abnormal, did someone lose their period? Maybe like when they're in season in a sport or is it not coming back, you know, as someone's discontinuing breastfeeding three months to six months after that? Um, yeah, just looking at, you know, what was happening the three months prior. That's really interesting. I had never thought about it that way because I know that there's like the ovulation two weeks or so depends on yeah. the person prior to yeah. the actual period of the shedding of the lining. Um, but I never thought about the follicle that releases the egg that is the ovulation that then, wow, that's interesting. And yeah, so there can be this like proximal acute stress that's like right around the time that that egg is supposed to be released that can be affected. But knowing that like there can be layers to that, it could be something that happened one month ago, two months ago, or three months ago, because that follicle has been developing um, for that whole period of time. And so, so definitely, as we're looking at period health, playing a long game and bringing other providers um, to the table as needed. So I have the role of this education piece and, Hey, I get to see you a lot more frequently than your doctor and that we have these one-on-one -on -one 60 to 70 minute sessions. And so I may be able to gather some information that in your, you know, six week checkup with your doctor postpartum, um, you probably didn't get to, right. Um, I feel like a lot of times those are filled with, you know, what's your form of birth control and, um, okay, you're good to go and resume your regular exercise gradually, right? So I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like starting to laugh as I'm listening to you. I, I know, that's it's so sad. Visit is pathetic. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm just gonna call it what it is. It's pathetic. It's a severe lack of care. It's in and out. 
it's barely asking if they're if they are asking it's just checkbox they're not really taking in like how are you how are you adjusting because they don't have the time or the expertise often to like deal with the mother who breaks down when she says how are you and it's like i am not i'm not okay it's like well okay well move move along you know because they don't often have um the the resources the referrals to the right people it's right. it's part of why be her village exists is this utter lack of care in the postpartum time we're you know we're here for the pre prenatal and the birth doulas and and the postpartum so it's all encompassing but it's that postpartum time that you like go from seeing a doctor every week or a midwife every week you go from constant monitoring almost too much monitoring definitely too much monitoring during your birth and labor to to every 15 minutes you know and then suddenly it's just okay see ya you're on your own for six weeks and it's it's it would be funny if it wasn't actually causing death and harm to tons of parents and mothers um what I'm wondering is how people are finding you because I'm getting so excited about this this needs to be talked about it's such an indication of health and it feels it feels like we don't talk about it because it's gross and it's a period, you know, <laughs> like, and it's just, there's still this remaining taboo around it. I think we're getting like a lot more free talking about birth, even talking about sex and our sex lives. And then there's something about periods that just shut people down completely. Um, yeah. And so I wonder, are people coming to you for period issues or is it that they're coming to you for like pain during sex or, or something pelvic, other pelvic pain issues or pelvic floor issues and then happen to get a lot of education about periods. What does that look like in your practice? Yeah, it's definitely where a lot of those worlds intersect. So the biggest group of people that I treat are either pregnant or postpartum. And so getting that education kind of alongside that, um, where this, you know, unexpected pelvic pain, pain with sex, not getting back to the workouts that they want to be doing, maybe having discomfort, you know, picking up their kid. um, And then, you know, a year, year and a half postpartum, let's say this person's discontinued, like are done, they're done breastfeeding, their period's still not coming back and um, education and referring them to, you know, some appropriate team members that might be helpful as well. Um, that's one way that it kind of comes up and then more of these like public community education stuff. And we post intermittently stuff on, we sprinkle stuff on our social media pages so our Instagram and Facebook accounts um, at Anchor Wellness. We um, try to sprinkle in stuff regarding, you know, different aspects of, Um, different phases of the menstrual cycle and things that you can do to support that phase of the menstrual cycle or how you know something might be off, especially like right now we're in kind of this like preseason training as we're thinking of like high school and collegiate athletes. And if we go back to that like 100 day critical period, it's really like the foundation they're laying right now could be contributing to like losing a period in season. Um, So Uh, this is a time that we like to get out and do some of those workshops too is like earlier preseason where there's a little bit more time and space and people's schedules and you can lay this foundation where there's still time to intervene. That's wonderful. Are you going into schools? Are you like working with programs and sports programs to bring this to them? Yeah. So uh, this time of year, it's a lot of like high school team, like local high school teams. Yeah. So um, just being, having myself and my business partner, she's on the other side of the state. Dr. Renee um, Prezistas is over in the Grand Haven, Grand Rapids area. And um, so going to local sports teams with a 
us both having been runners ourselves, um, cross country is one of the like main teams that we hit. And just with that, like high mileage under fueling is really easy. Um, and then, um, some basketball, volleyball. So it's not like sports. We will uh, make the training sport specific, but it's not like limited to just one sport. So yeah. And, um, recently I think it was pre pandemic, I guess, not so recently, kind of a time blur, but, um, spoke at like a Michigan track and field athletic conference. So just trying to get the information out to more coaches as we were talking about, you know, I develop my team when I'm working with clients one-on-one coaches are a critical aspect because once again, they're, they're with the athletes every day, just as we're talking about like doctors with all the knowledge and well-meaning intention, they unfortunately get in our model of care right now, 10 to 15 minutes with people Mm -hmm. and are seeing, you know, whatever that turns into many patients a day. And so they are providing the very best care they can with the tools that they have, but need to lean on this team because their visits are 10 minutes. Like we need to rely. I also like, I see someone for an hour once every two weeks or once a month as we're getting further into care. And so having a coach on board who's working with that athlete day in and day out is huge for getting more information and making sure that like what we're working on is being supported. That's amazing. The The model that you're discussing makes me so excited because it sounds like the care that all of us need from being a student athlete into adulthood, into parenthood. It's this collaborative, collective care where it's you're not just seeing one person for 15 minutes, your, your entire team, your village, if you will, is working to support you in your goals and in your health and in your journey into parenthood. It's just so beautiful, Nancy. And I'm so happy that you're doing this work and that you're sharing this work. And I really cannot tell you how much I appreciate you taking time out of your busy, busy clinical day to take the time to share this with our audience, because this is really important. And I hope that the people who are listening start thinking both our parents and our providers start thinking about period health, start thinking about how that fits into the larger uh, picture of health for people. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here today. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Caitlin. And I love what you're doing with Be Here Village. I think as we're talking about assembling this team, this just makes it so much more accessible for people because as we're talking about, you know, getting a pelvic health therapist on board, getting a doula on board, all the pieces um, that can be really pricey and can kind of throw some demographics and economic situations out of being able to afford some of these services. And I think Be Here Village is just such an awesome way that often people have a village and all these well-meaning people who want to help and instead of getting 30 onesies can actually provide some care to make this space like a little bit more supportive so thanks so much for having me and thank you for creating this village and this space to talk about the things that matter